0: the Standing Orders podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Standing Orders podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, the Emeritus Mayor, Sue Lorne.
1: Hi, Thomas. How are you? I'm very well. And how are you? Good. Fine. Thank you very much. You know, um, everything's everything's good. I still
0: can't get through not saying my co-host, Councillor Sue Lorne. So... Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now if anybody is it's, it's been it's only just been a few months but it just seems that um and it was something that you just accepted you know automatically councillor sue laun but now i just think wow that would be so strange for someone to call me a councillor now well yeah it would be because you haven't been elected so it would be, <laughs> it would be, it would be a bit
0: strange <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> I do indeed. Um, and what a few months it's it's been. And, you know, looking back, I know that it seems like the elections were only a few months ago. But obviously in your area, there was a by-election because yes, someone who was did. elected mm-hmm. for the first time uh, resigned. And now the by-election has been held and it was a Labour-triggered by-election. And i think the the chap resigned from both the town council and from the district council within mm-hmm. six weeks of the election mm-hmm.
1: and so would you like to tell us the results well it was the conservative councillor who who took back um the district and uh, so it was a, a councillor who was already on the town council who then went moved on to district and he'd stood in that position that was his third time for standing and that then lucky, Yeah, but then I've always said if you can stand once and if you don't get elected, then you try again, but you never do it for a third time. And obviously that proves me wrong because he he got it on the third time. And um but it was very, very close. And but Labour were second and the Dems were third. So it was it was good to see that um, you know, the, the councillor who got elected was very, very deserving of it. Um he'd been on the town council for many years and um and he'd worked you know he'd walk the streets each time that he'd previously walk stood the streets walk the streets <laughs> knocking on the doors but each time that he'd previously stood for um election, there was always something that was happening in government that um you know people just didn't come out to to vote and so I think what
0: you're saying is he's
1: a bad luck chum. <laughs> 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 because he's obviously turned it around. I think maybe that was the only day that there wasn't some bad news came out of um, the government that we've got at the moment. So so he did. And I think as well, it was quite a shock to, um, because I said before previously that um, Thorpe St. Andrewtown Council had been 16 Conservative councillors for a very, very long time. And uh, to lose those seats this in May, May was a was a hell of a shock and I think that the residents on the the west side were thinking that uh, the conservative voters on the west side were thinking no we'll we'll show our demonstration that we're not happy with the government in place at the moment and and didn't come out to vote and I know that when they were out canvassing uh the the um the conservative um People who were out there knocking on the doors were saying that uh, people had said that, you know, they were so shocked that a Labour um, candidate had won in May and they would definitely be out the next time. So they did. And uh, thank goodness he, he did. Um, he made it. He deserved deservingly got his his seat on the district council and uh, for the town council it was um, a lady who had previously been on the town council for four or five years I think and um, and she got her seat back again she'd lost that in May and uh, got that seat back again so that's good so it's it's a start so do um, you I mean congratulations to both of them
0: I I know um Like, I know national politics played a big part in the election Mm -hmm. um, in May. And I think, you know, a a Labour member resigning within six weeks will obviously then give the Conservatives a bit of a boost to then take the seat because people think, well, we don't want to elect someone who in six weeks' time we could then be having another election again. So, you know, I think we've only really had, like, locally... By elections through deaths rather than yes. through like resignations or when it's on mm-hmm. health grounds when absolutely needed, um, so you know, do you think that national politics like played a part this time? Do you think it was purely local and the issue of the the by election being triggered within six weeks that that played into it this time? And do you think that's changed your mind at all about? Kind of predictions for the general election, which I understand the last date for the dissolution of Parliament is the seventeenth of December next year, which I think broadly means that the general election would then fall somewhere in January, no later than I think the end, around the twenty eighth of January twenty twenty five. So we've still got a little bit of time, but do you think do you think the Conservatives can come back? Do you think that you know basically what, what's happened on a local level can be replicated nationally?
1: no i don't i don't i think that this this election just a few weeks ago it was definitely down to um the local residents realizing that um they had um they hadn't come out and supported um the the councillor that was standing for the conservatives at that time and i think that they then it, it was a wake-up call. As I've said, for many, many years, has been Conservatives. And um, so, no, I think that it was locally people decided, okay, we've made our point that uh, we weren't happy with the government of the day in May. And... um and decided that they would support the the local team that had been in place, so so yeah, I think that the government didn't influence this one, but definitely influenced it in May. And will they come back in December, January? No, I don't think they will. I think that there's just too much has happened. The the. In, i keep saying the incompetence of um the MPs that we have in place at the moment is is just beyond any understanding i've said it before that i think that they're not in place for the people they're in place for themselves and they're not listening to the people and um they need to and they need to seriously start doing that but i don't think that there's enough time for them to pull things around um before the next election, I think it is a is a form. Yeah, group. I, I probably agree with you. It, I, I I'm think. not necessarily saying it's going to be Labour that's going to take take the place, but um, don't I don't know. It could be could be a coalition. I'm not oh, sure. I mean, um, it, it, I, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I I, I don't I
0: don't see. Well, no party is going to do a coalition with the Conservatives. They they are no. So this you know, so Conservatives they, will be out. Yeah, that they're. they're unfortunately for for the conservative like members that they've been tainted by a thousand scandals at this point like there there is no new prime minister you could put in Dishi rishi has uh has had his best share of of you know pretty i wouldn't say scandals but Pretty unsavoury stuff in terms of you know declarations of interest and in terms of you know finances and in terms of kind of what he's done how he he's necessarily done it I think you know fixed penalty you know none of it's a, a good look for the conservatives and I think that all of those scandals if you like they need a period in in opposition to wipe the slate clean to allow Labour to kind of come forward with an agenda and to hold them to account for what they do and I do think it will be Labour that that come forward I I think in some ways a coalition would actually do the country good Um, in fact probably the last time we had a I would say reasonable government was a coalition where actually you had that dependency upon another party and I would Mm -hmm. say I would prefer that than anything like what Theresa May had to do with the DUP Um, but I'm not I'm not sold yet on the idea of what a Labour government would look like, um, no. and that's and, and, mainly because you know we'll come on to it. But I, I think mm. there has been a degree of of mind changing within the Labour Party on quite important issues, and we we really aren't a hundred percent certain on in some areas at least as to what they actually want to do and how they want to do it. And saying that you know we'll we'll decide when we're in power. Doesn't really instill an awful lot of hope for me.
1: Well, no, because you have to forward plan. You you have to, it, and I think that's been the problem with the the conservative government that we've had. You, if you look back on um, the rack uh, in yeah. the schools, so they've had nine education ministers. How on earth can you have any stability for any department? Or you know, any moving forward on anything, whenever it is constantly changing, you you cannot. You need to have somebody in place, and I've said this before. It needs to be somebody in place who's got experience in the education department, in the health service, in finance. It, it should be somebody. At the lead, who is who's ex- got experience in it, and um, the fact that we're changing ministers, like um, you know, is is going out of fashion, is just ridiculous. You you cannot continue with that. But I don't think for one minute that any Labour or not necessarily Lib Dems, but everybody has got baggage. That there, there isn't anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> unless you're. Fifteen years old. No, there's always something that the media will be looking out for. Oh, you changed your curtains on the wrong day, or you did something. You know, changed your car. You you bought a Japanese car or a Russian. It'll be it'll be. There'll always be something that the media want to. Our media is fantastic for it. They build you up, and then as quickly as you get to the top and you get accepted by the public, they pull you back down again. And it will be. There'll be once Labour gets councillors get elected, then MPs get elected, then it'll be the same. The media will find something
0: of course and they, they will.
1: will just take it like a dog I, with a with a bone and not stop until that person's resigned.
0: I mean, I think that's in a way, that's the job of the media. That's what they set out to do. No, um, no, 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 no,
1: no. I no, think no, they, totally I, disagree I, with that
0: totally disagree what, with you, that you don't think that that that's what the media set It's out not their is, place is to...
1: no it's it's not their place to go out and find the most ridiculous things that um that, yeah, super okay. and that, and, and, that situation with those with that um doing the um, doing you know, the, the, um uh,
0: go on, uh find the word for uh, me uh, um um, uh, <laughs> well, you do some, some really good podcasting right now.
1: <laughs> Just, if you could when continue you this. The speeding, <laughs> well, the speeding awareness course, you can edit that bit up until the speeding <laughs> awareness course. And, you know, the, the circumstances they were making, ah, oh, you know, she's trying to cover this up and she's trying to be special and, and whatever. It was just something. It was just a oh, no. Simple, to be fair, she was being like, no, she, no, she, she wasn't. Was. She, she just was. simply said, "Do no." She just simply do, said, "Do them individually." I, I yeah. could, I could, I could do this. Um, she 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 wasn't asking for preferential treatment. Are you she was just not to the point that everybody was making it out, and it wasn't. She didn't go to uh, a civil servant and say, "Oh look, can you fix this for me?" She said, "What's the chances of that happening? Just like me, sitting, whenever we, you know, whenever I was the town mayor and you were the CEO. and if if I, what's the chances you you know doing this? Let's you know, let's go do something." No, I'm, I'm sorry, it you, you Don't go chance, and ask a civil servant and say, "Well, what? No, the it was. I, I, mean, I don't. I think it would have been just a cough, off-the-cuff comment. What's the chances do you think of me getting to do this? You know, yeah, but that's what then,
0: corruption is. Corruption is not. off-the-cuff comments to people empowered no, to try and get. Not. Way yeah, that it. is exactly what it is. Oh, by the way, I'm doing this in an off-the-cuff way, so therefore it can't be counted as corruption. But I'm putting the idea forward, and if you say yes, none of this is corrupt because it's off the cuff. No, I'm sorry. If you no, want, you want to do things, if you email that the if you email the like the like speed awareness provider and you say hi, is there any chance for an additional fee? That I could do this one to one. She us for additional time? fee. Well, no, but I'm saying if, if she wants to pay an additional fee to the provider to say if you like if if it costs say hundred pounds to do, no, which I, I think, think that's corruption. I think it's eighty five. What by offering a company to pay money to have preferential... oh, If I pay, no. yes, no, that's no. wrong. How, no, that's no, how is that wrong? That's like you go that's on a plane, wrong. you go on a plane, do you pay
1: extra for the seats with extra leg room? Of course you do. That's not corruption. You cannot compare that situation. You cannot compare this situation. What? So After if you, you want greater service, service people agree or not? No, if you want greater service, you pay for
0: it. No. It okay. Wasn't, so okay, well take that away from she it. What so are you it saying? As a service. It's a service. The of well, No, she wasn't saying in that way. way. I mean, okay. Let me she let me put it this way. way. Let I know who I I know who she
1: was. She told everyone is what
0: who she bloody well was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you, do not think that if if well, I think that she obviously did it, didn't? No, she paid the fine, didn't she? Well, yeah. this is the thing. So this was saying she was just simply saying, look. So what's the the chances of me doing? What, are this the, chances? <laughs> what <are> the chances? The chances. <laughs> And then, and she just said off the cuff, she didn't go to the civil servant and civil servant. And I I would love to know, you know, for him to sit, stand there and tell us anything different. It was off the cuff remark saying, What's the chance of this happening? Off and the then he said, What well, do, do you think? I don't so know. What you what can do you ask you think, them. What didn't what he say she, that? did or she, well, she say well, that? That's what any
0: normal person would do. I mean, you, what was she doing? Just don't won't won't then go past to the and it. say, Oh, won't she won't said to me. No. I mean, what know. was it? And Off then, the cuff, then, like, oh, he just happened to cross my desk. And I said, oh, well, well I've got you here. What do you think the chance? Are? Oh, you'll just need to speak to the people involved. Oh, oh, yeah! I hadn't thought about actually speaking to the providers directly. God, thank goodness I asked for your advice. It was just an off the cuff comment. I wasn't hoping you would sort something for me. No, I hadn't. I just hadn't thought of going to the provider directly. I didn't, e- you just no, I didn't
1: the- expect you to do anything for me. It, I was just thinking I just, out loud. That's well, probably think what I out, the course <laughs> provider. Just think no, out loud with didn't.
0: the course provider. No, but she didn't exactly. And that's what makes it corrupt. And I don't. would say at this point, I'm not saying that Suella Bravman in any way is <laughs> <It's> corrupt. <laughs> and I'm not saying but it anything. Just like it. <laughs> and despite what I have said, I'm not saying she's actually done anything <laughs> wrong at all. Um, but what I would say is, I just don't see why it should be any different for her. And that just because she has access to senior civil servants, who you know, it, it's kind of like,
1: don't okay, will well, no, well, no.
0: anyone rid me of this troublesome priest? You know, they weren't necessarily asked to go and murder him, but you just have the the insinuation that you would like them to go and do something off the cuff, and that is yes. enough to go forward. And then you end up with a dead Archbishop of Canterbury, and this is exactly <laughs> the same thing, but with speed awareness courses.
1: No. And and again, the the same thing with, and I've forgotten her name, the education um, lady. What, Jolene Keegan? Yes. So whenever she finished the interview and she said what she said and you think, so do you think that was was the right thing for the BBC to just constantly, even though it was the ITV that were doing the interview, for just constantly to put that out there, to say, you know, especially for her swearing, um, I just don't see why you, that had to go out. Once no, the microphone, it's like you and I talking. It's like you and I talking. And I always then, shove the extra bits uh, you say on in front You i just do it. I just
0: whatever I think you like whatever I think should go out there goes out there. I don't give you any any editorial no. rights. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if we'd have done it whenever I was a counsellor and I'd have said, Oh, that's that other counselor is, you know, she's a real whatever. And then she, you, and then, well, that narrows
0: <laughs> it down to two councillors you'd served with. One of them was your dad.
1: <laughs> he or she is such and such. They. And then you then taking it and going and putting it through the whole council. But, you know, these things, whenever, the, whenever that mic finished, does that now mean that every single MP that does an interview, no matter what party they are, Whenever they do that interview, do they then have to literally just say thank you, goodbye, and walk out of the building without saying another word, just in case somebody's got their phone out or just in case the cameras are still running or the microphones are still on. You would have thought, though, that with all past experiences of people with microphones saying things that they're not supposed to say, you would have thought that she would have waited until she was back in her own home before saying something like that. But what I'm saying is the media will pick up and they will run with it just to sensationalize things. It's, you know, it's um, how many times have, you know, have people, you know, you've been talking to various, um, reporters or, um, television and it's you know they they twist things around that i just think that was unacceptable you know she was just saying why don't you ever say anything nice
0: well, no, and, it wasn't that, yeah. was it? It was and it was, honest, it was why that effect. <laughs> I mean, why, why don't you say anything? You see, I, now I'm split on this because it's why don't you say anything nice? Yeah, fine. There have been multiple education secretaries. It doesn't fall, I don't think, to the Secretary of State for Education to go around checking like concrete in schools. That is what we no, should do. No, and it doing. doesn't. I mean,
1: and, if, and she if, was trying to put a, that
0: point over. If you have a dodgy handrail on the stairs in a school, you don't expect the Secretary of State to turn up with her Makita drill, do you? Mm -hmm. You know, you expect the school to be able to actually take responsibility and to do inspections It's the school's
1: responsibility Um, and the county council's
0: responsibility. Absolutely. But you you equally have to understand the optics of when you've got schools being closed and potentially concrete falling on top of children, no one is going to say, Secretary of State, you've done a really good job with schools. The no funding no no the schools is just right you've done an absolute
1: bank no, job you know they're no, never going to say it but, so you
0: can't expect a journalist but to say there was
1: nine it. people before her who should have been looking at it that somebody again is we're back to the civil servant thing those so she's she had been how long has she been in post 12 is she even in the post 12 months um no. uh-huh. Yeah. It's, so, it's so you, been, but, yeah it, but you've got civil servants who should have been on top of that, who should have been dealing with that um over the past five years, as soon as it started to come to everybody's attention, this concrete was gonna go was gonna go wrong. So the civil sh- servants who are in place every single day, I was gonna say three hundred and sixty-five days of the year, but they're in place every day. That is their job to to sort those things out. So why were they not bringing that to the attention? She said they sent out surveys asking for the schools to to tell them and, and for the councils to tell them what was happening. Why was that not coming back to say? Well, we're still waiting for these um these surveys to come back to us. Uh, you know, there, there's so many things that her team should have been doing. But because she's the team leader, and I appreciate you, well, you taking on that responsibility. she's team leader. I mean, this isn't
0: Morrison's. It, she's the
1: Secretary State Education. Okay. Yes. But she's still got a team under her who are, are doing the job constantly. She just took over from somebody who was classed as being incompetent before her. So, you know, so there's – what I'm saying is that they – the civil servants that she has working in that department should have been on top of this and should have been checking things way before it got to the the day before they're all going back to school the week before they're going back yeah, to school. absolutely. Uh, we haven't got anywhere to put you. They should have been finding, um, the, you know the mobile classrooms they should have been making sure you know putting like Kingsland hospital for heaven's sake has been working under those conditions for five years and that's a hospital so yeah. the only thing is that if something falls down they're there that they can they can be treated yeah, absolutely
0: it's like the, it's like that kind of great <laughs> ecosystem you know where you have the bottle and you put the cork on top and it yeah. kind of lasts forever i forget what they're called but it's kind of like that hospital creating its own patients and then the patients <laughs> get cured and go back to being Doctors, and then the doctors <laughs> keep cured, the, the other business. patients too also. And it just continually rotates. <laughs> but, you don't need an area for a hospital anymore, all you need is staff.
1: Yeah. So this is it. So but you know, so it's a case that it should have all all these things should have been evolving in the background um before we got to this situation that she had to then close those schools down she was doomed if she did and she was doomed if she didn't because if she didn't close them down and uh, something fell you know on top of a kid's head well then that would have been and that would have been absolutely horrendous I wouldn't want to send my child to a school that uh, there's a risk that that, the ceiling is going to fall in for heaven's sake well no that's because
0: you sent your kid to a private school
1: and moving on on that <laughs> Well,
0: I wouldn't want to have said to them with unsafe concrete. Well, no. No, you certainly bloody didn't, did you? <laughs> you could be Secretary of State Education with your track record. <laughs> I, can't believe-
1: I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> but anyway, moving on again. Up the socialist no, we- movement. We just. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know how much you sound like my partner anyway <laughs> so um going back to what this conversation we always get off track but no so it is a case that the the government i've uh, got a long way to go before they're going to win any election next year as far as i'm concerned well you did remember
0: where we were you're doing better <laughs> than i am <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so because we're, we're already at 24 minutes, and so oh, we have wow. six minutes to, to briefly to discuss cover to everything else. Um, so Birmingham uh, City Council issuing a Section 114 Ooh. notice. Um, so Birmingham have basically gone bankrupt. I think largest, uh, um, like I would say effectively incredible. bankrupt, rather than bankrupt. Yeah. Um, <gasps> effectively, you know, the largest local authority in Europe. And um like, well, basically, like now they're going to be down to statutory services only. And so herein come the hard choices. So I was listening to to a few kind of bits of pieces about this, and I was reading obviously quite a lot in the MJ and and stuff, and and members, I know that I think Keir Starmer parachuted in um the leader, so to speak, or or hand picked him, knowing that Mm -hmm. there were issues at Birmingham. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of you know whenever I get this and and I think you know members saying, "Well, we had no notes of a section one one four well you you don't need to have notes of a section one one four It's the one thing that officers can do themselves without like members actually having prior notice or anything else, but I do kind of feel like when it comes to things like and I think what what sank Birmingham amongst other things is a new IT system which went way over budget. Yes, and yeah. they plugged it in, it then told them that they yeah. owed so much more money than they thought in a gender pay gap-like um, yeah. issue. Now, yeah. to, to me, at least, you know, being a, a, a layperson, my understanding is that if you've got the largest local authority in Europe, You are going to have members who generally trust officers that when they're doing things like pay and ensuring that there is equal pay between the genders, this would be something officers would be doing. It isn't something that as members they actively need to be like looking at because it would just be a kind of, how could I put it, like normal business practice. Now, I understand that it's not as simple as that. And it, it by no means is as simple as that. But I just don't really understand why when there are so many conservative councils that are basically issuing Section 114 notices that are admittedly smaller than Birmingham, but are conservative councils, and you look at things like Thurrock, where they, they basically ploughed yeah. in like Hundreds of millions into a solar farm yeah. without doing any due diligence, without mm-hmm. doing anything that they should have, and and basically made the riskiest investments. And that is mm-hmm. all down to the you know the, to the fact that you've got conservative governments that have deregulated local government finance, mm-hmm. have made it easier for you to get into trouble like this, and taken away the national order office. I don't understand how you can then, as a as conservative sensei, well actually. Look at Birmingham and look how Labour can't be trusted when, you know, all of this is literally either of the making of officers without sufficient oversight. And you could say, yes, members should have had greater oversight of it, but actually not the current members. And actually, a lot of this goes back to when Birmingham, I think, had a Conservative, I think had a Conservative administration before. Um, Mm. And, you know, I just... I guess what I'm I'm coming back to is that we we tend to play politics with with local authorities. And I think some of this as well is people, and and I guess this is one of the biggest questions I have, is why does no one generally care that much about local authorities? It's like a byline. Mm -hmm. Birmingham's failing, has been in the news a bit, you know, people know about it, but no one really kind of, it's just like a flash in the plan of political blame and then we mm. kind of move on and it's happening across the country and there are section 114s going out everywhere at the moment for, for statutory spending only and yet kind of no one is making a big kind of holistic picture of saying well why on earth is this and because
1: you know and again it the they uh, i think you, you, this oh, I just don't understand it. I think that you know, you sit and say that you know that yeah that they're out there saying conservatives are saying that uh, Thurrock um conservatives are saying about Birmingham and uh, the Labour are saying about Thurrock and all the other little ones that are, are a problem. But it the point is that there shouldn't be they they, they shouldn't be uh, you know say oh you did this and you're totally incapable of doing that. Somebody needs to sit down and look at why that happened the way that it did. Where's the the portfolio holder for finance? Why wasn't the portfolio holder going to the leader and saying, look, this is the situation? Was he going to? Why didn't they try to put a a rescue package in place? I mean, I don't
0: think you can until I think the 114 notice is almost like putting a rescue package in place. Um, I don't think you can do it until you issue that because you have to cut all but statutory spending, which is what what it enables you to do. So I think almost that was the triggering of it.
1: Well, um, surely that can't be right years. that you you have to let it go to that extreme before you can actually Well, you start shouldn't, obviously. <laughs> it's you, a bit shouldn't. like, yeah, you but know, it's, I don't it's so drastic. yeah. I don't know if I've told you before about the NHS, um, hospital budgets. They start off with a a million, two, three million pound deficit to start off with. And then you're, you know, you're constantly trying to, to find the finances somewhere. Is this going to be the same type of thing that you have to go that low down before you can start building yourself up again? There, There should have been something in place that that said, you know, okay, let's look at this. Let's, you know, look at another way. Again, who signed off that contract for the um, the new uh, computer systems? That's just um, just absolutely crazy that something like that should be happening. But again, is it a case that because it was a local government that the, the IT company thought, right, okay, you've got the money. So we're going to give you this massive, you know, you, you had incompetent people Signing up for this contract, and because you're local government, we're just going to fleece you. Is is that what happened, um, in relation to the payments for um, the um, you know for the uh, equal pay? Then um, that that goes. Don't that, that? Go back to 2016. Or yeah, like yeah,
0: it, it had some sure. so
1: Yeah. So how how come that that's been let go for this long because there's still people that are still waiting for back payments on that um how come that that is serious mishandling of finances in in that side of thing um but who is to blame were the members that are there now were they the ones who who started this ball rolling or was it if you say it was a previous government administration is that a, a conservative administration does that mean that um you know it it was those people that should be answerable for, for the, the situation that Birmingham finds themselves in at the minute. It's just every day, you know, you, you turn on the news and you just think that, that can't be possible. You hear something that you think cannot be possible. We're supposed to have things in place that this can't happen. Those people have still paid their council tax. They still expect to have bus services. They still expect to have their bins emptied. And, you know, there's so many things that if the people weren't paying their council tax, then you can understand it. But they were bit paying it. And it was just the administration Mm -hmm. that just wasn't spending it wisely.
0: Well, I, I'm I, yeah. I, I would say, especially with pen, gender pay, um, you know, yeah. it, it should have been a fundamental. Um, and you know, I think that there are wider issues in local government finance. And who knows? The Office for Local Government may actually now resolve this. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I have my my doubts no. uh, to be honest. But um, but we'll see what happens. So we've touched Birmingham, and now we'll just finally finish on our favourite topic, which we've been talking about since I think one of our very first podcasts, uh, nutrient neutrality, um, which I know you you have very specific views about. So do you want to give us some background or do you want me to jump right in?
1: No, you, you, well, no, you jump right in and then I'll just And then you
0: critique. Fine. Um, <laughs> so nutrient neutrality, which is – well, actually, I'm not sure. I think I should tell people to go back. And to, like, yes, listen, listen to that. the original podcast the for an explanation as to Ooh. what nutrient neutrality, like, is. I think it was the second podcast we did. Um, it was yeah.
1: March, March, I think April. It,
0: we did one before that. We did one, like, uh, like um, late last year. But anyway, um, so basically nutrient neutrality was the um, yeah. housing developments which would involve additional overnight accommodation which would relate to sewage or nutrients increasing – sorry, nutrient loads increasing in certain specific waterways. Um, basically – Christ, I've done that badly, haven't I? So <laughs> – <laughs> Edit,
1: edit, edit. So Natural England was telling um, <laughs> local um, – Councils that they had to um take into consideration any any buildings or any developments that was going to have a bedroom in it that they would have to meet a certain criteria before they would be allowed to build it, but natural England didn't actually tell anyone what the criteria was it was then up to the local count district council. To decide what they thought the criteria would be, get a package together, take it to Natural England and say that, you know, okay, this is what the mitigation that we're going to put in to make sure that um, there's no no I'm thinking no, of a word or no, no poo like well, going into <laughs> poo going into the rivers or the broads for example in, in Norfolk it's the, the river and the, the Norfolk Broads. So um so the whole economy, the building uh, developments in Norfolk for 18 months. Well, we've both done a really good
0: job for
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> this is something we've done a podcast on before. <laughs> has, has been at a standstill. For yeah. anything that did not have permission pre March 2022, yeah. wasn't going to get permission until they could come up with mitigating circumstances that uh, proved that they were not going to pollute the waterways in Norfolk. So for over 18 months, the District Council and well, all the district councils in Norfolk have all been working together to try to resolve the situation and to get the building back on track again. So, up until literally four weeks ago, everything was going and they were getting, um, and there's a bit more detail, but you need for a developer to, to start building, they need to buy credits or find a way of, uh, of doing their um, sewage so that it is not going to be pollute, polluting anywhere. And they have to put this in their applications that they're putting through. So small developers could buy credits that they would would, would offset the mitigation that they were going to to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all... Well, that was one of the options in Norfolk. Perfect, like that, yeah. That it was, was all good to, to go. Like Norfolk. Yeah. So, and then Michael Gove and Rishi Sunak came to Norfolk um, two weeks ago.
0: Yep.
1: Two, three weeks ago and said, okay, you've just gone through all that uh, stalemate on development uh, for the last 18 months. We're going to tear the paper up. And Natural England have got no right to ask you to put anything forward in for the applications that you need to approve. Um, we'll, We'll just tear that up and you can get back on track and start building again. But Michael Gove and Rishi Sunak didn't actually think before they spoke that it wasn't that simple. They would have to get the House of Lords to approve their idea of tearing up the request of natural England and the house of lords went back and said, no, you, you can't tear it up. You have to go through with them, um, with natural England's request and, um, and make sure that you clean up our waters, but it's not actually the developers that are causing the pollution in our waters. It's the farmers. It's it's, well, yeah, it, but it's, 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 it's the, the farmers and commercial businesses and angling water and the environment agency that aren't doing their jobs properly.
0: Absolutely. No. And, and I think, you know, that the Lords, that was actually a very good Tracy, of, of, um, of it. And I think, you know, the, the Lords looked at it. I think someone said it was the worst piece of legislation they would seen for the environmental mm. damage it will cause. I think the Labour Party flip-flopped a bit and said we would initially support the government and then decided, oh, Christ, no, all the environmentalists actually really hate this idea of us increasing the nutrient load and basically killing out fish and, and other habitats um, through the increase in in plant life that is then generated from the additional nutrients and decided that they wouldn't support it. Therefore, it was defeated in the Lords, and rightly so. Perhaps, um, and basically, my, my biggest, my biggest like wonder with this is one: why didn't they do this a bloody year ago? Yeah, like when they could have done it a year ago, we could be a lot further along. The Lords kicked it back to the Commons, said basically no, and there is now insufficient time for them to be able to get this passed. And to, like, basically resubmit it and get it back through to the the Lord. So it's dead. It's not going to happen before the next election now. So you you kind of say, we're ripping all of this up. You've given, like, Norfolk last year said, we really need help with this. And the government were like, we're not interested. Just like they were not interested in virtual meetings. And then they said, well, OK, so last year you need to work you need to do this we're going to make funding available you have to improve the water course you have to do this it cannot be that you know that you you increase the increase the nutrient load it needs to be nutrient neutral and give us all of this give us a year in which to do things like local authorities have spent tens of thousands of pounds, yes. millions of pounds in doing this across the country. Not actually, yeah. sorry, I said potentially millions across the country it is tens of millions of pounds doing mm-hmm. this across the country. And then very late in the day when this is about to go live in some of the areas affected to actually then... Regenerate house building. They then say, Oh, you don't need to worry about it. We're scrapping the whole lot. Basically, you don't need to buy credits to developers. And all of you local authorities that have just spent tens of thousands of pounds in getting these sites and getting all of this ready, money wasted. So, cheerio, we're yeah. off again. And then yeah. for it to fail to go through the bloody lords and then actually everyone who has now been rolling back and saying, oh, Christ, well, if we're not doing credits, what are we doing? And have started making decisions on the basis of the government's intention. We're now then back, actually further back than where we were, had the government just not bloody well said anything to start with. Well, this, so, this is
1: the thing. and, and But I, I really hope that we're not. I'm, I'm really hoping that for the... the f- you know, for the, the small developers that are in a dire situation. I'm really hoping that in, in Norfolk they will just pick up where they'd stopped um, whenever Michael Gove came down and, and said that, uh, you know, tear it up. I'm really hoping that they will pick themselves up and, and go with that because they were literally just, you know, so close to um, to, to getting um, the economy back up and running again. And um, so I'm ho- really hoping that they will they will go with that, but I just think that you know this is just another example of the the fact that this government has got no credibility whatsoever. You know, you would look, you would do your homework before you would come to somewhere that's been desperate to start building again, and they've released the figures to say that you know the we were so many. Millions of houses that, that below the target um, that the government had set for uh, developers, you know, to be built, and you, you know, you would think that they would be thinking, okay, this is one way that we're going to do it: tear this piece of paper up, but have something that you're going to please the Absolutely. house of lords with, as opposed to just saying, "No, we're just because we're the government, we can do that." Well, they can't, and they've lost. To me, they've just lost even more credibility than what they had six months, a year ago. It's crazy. Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Tis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.